man. Hi, everybody. Y'all doing okay? Yeah? Okay, it's like Christmas week this week, right? Anybody still not have your decorations up? Yeah, right? I know. How many of you have had your decorations up since before Thanksgiving? And how many of you the Friday after Thanksgiving? Okay. All right. So, awesome. This week, though, we get to, we get to enjoy what this, what this week is all about. We get to enjoy our Savior. And, uh, you know, I... Uh, I don't know. There's something special about this year. For whatever reason, you know, I, uh, when I get in my truck, it's Christmas music. Anybody love Christmas music? Yeah, right? I get in my truck. Man, I'm, I'm playing Christmas music and singing, and I've created a playlist on Spotify and all this kind of stuff for Christmas music. And I just, I love it. I'm just really enjoying this time. But, you know, um, my son, Sam, makes it look like I don't like Christmas, because he just can't get enough this year. I don't know what's happened this year, but my buddy, he is, man, he just, the, the, the idea of gift giving, of course, the idea of gift receiving, um, the, uh, the idea of all the foods and all the parties and the ugly sweater contests and the, I mean, just all the things. Like we're putting up Christmas lights the other day and he's got his iPod with him and man, he's playing Christmas music the whole time we're putting up Christmas lights. We're troubleshooting, trying to figure out how to put it on a certain portion of our home and, and uh, we're trying to figure out what to do and all that kind of stuff. It's just, just can't get enough. My favorite phrase he said to me though, uh, we're sitting there and we're putting on these lights on, with, well, where we live, we have a pump house, which, which is where our well is, where all of our water comes from. And we're putting lights around the pump house and, and uh, we're kind of having a little bit of a time figuring it out, you know, and, and we're just talking about Christmas and everything. Time He goes, you know, Daddy, I just hope it doesn't go by too fast. You know? And I mean, isn't that the way it works? We get excited and next thing you know, it's gone. You know, and here we are, it's that week. And so if there's ever a week for us to be present, be present everywhere you go this week, whether it's work, at home, at play, at a party, whether you're eating a meal together, whatever the case may be, just be present. Because if not, it's gonna go by too fast. You know, as we were putting on these lights on our, on our pump house, um, it just, we brought out the old lights. You guys remember the old, like, C, what are they, the big ones, the C, C9s, thank you. Not the C7s, those are little. The C9s, the big bulbs. And Sam was enamored because these suckers break. You know, I mean, you clang them together and it's poof, you know, and it goes. And so we're being careful and everything. We're putting these on. But I don't know, there's just something special about it because, you know, on a lot of them, the little paints come off and everything because we pulled them out of, out of storage and everything. We're putting these things on. But it just reminded me because where our pump house sits, it's dark as can be. And as we're putting them on, you know, we plug them in just to, to put them around and everything, and it lit the whole thing up. And I got to thinking about it, and we've talked about this several years and several times where the reason we put lights across the stage, lights on a tree, lights on our homes, is to remind us of Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world. And if we're not careful, we can miss it. We can drive down the way and look at all the Christmas lights and drink hot chocolate and everything. If we're not thinking about the reason why we put lights on our home, the reason why we do all this decoration is because of Jesus. We've missed it. We missed the whole thing. And it would be terrible because next thing you know, it's just come and it's gone. You know, I'm looking so forward to next Sunday's gathering. 
And I know that you got a million reasons to not be here next Sunday night. But next Sunday night is our candlelight service. We turn out all the lights, and one by one, the light of the world goes from one person to the next, to the next, to the next. And before you know it, this room is lit because of, not because, yes, because it's cool, but it's also lit because it's literally, did you see that dad joke? Y'all catch that one? Did you get it? Okay, anyway, it, but my kids love it when I do things like that. So anyway, but because, and it just comes alive, we just see what happens with a witness. And we tell somebody about Jesus and they come to follow Jesus. They tell somebody about Jesus and they come to follow Jesus and it just spreads. And it's this most beautiful expression of Jesus coming to this earth and this movement happening all over the world. You know, we've been talking the last few weeks, we've been talking about um, these birth stories of children uh, and their births and how they, you know, in history, how they have foreshadowed the birth, the greatest birth of all time. And we know that that's the birth of Jesus. And, uh, and so we know that these stories that we've talked about are smaller stories that are, that are, that are a collection of the grand story and the, the big story that God is writing. And I do on purpose say that God is still writing today as in like something that is ongoing, not that he wrote it, but it is still writing because our heavenly father is still creating. Did you know that? Do you know how our heavenly father is still creating? Through you and me. Still writing this story through our lives here on this earth, longing for the kingdom of heaven to come here. Today, we finally get to get to the birth though. We finally get to get to the birth of Jesus. And I know some of you are going, wait a minute, that's not till next Sunday. Well, that is true. We celebrate the birth of Jesus on the 25th of December. This is the fourth Sunday of Advent. Tonight is the Peace Sunday of Advent. And we're going to talk about the birth of Jesus in anticipation of the celebration that is what's going to happen this next Sunday. And so this is that birth, the one that the entire world was hoping for. Whether they knew they were hoping for it or not, they were hoping for it. And today, that birth still gives purpose and meaning, still shines a light of hope, love, joy, and peace for us today. It's pretty spectacular, pretty miraculous that that story, that birth changed the world forever and ever, never to be the same. And we today are living proof that that story is real and true, alive and well, still changing lives, still connecting people with our Heavenly Father. This fourth Sunday of Advent is the peace. And so this is peace this week. This season that we're in right now, it has the full gamut of emotions, doesn't it? Highs and lows and everything in between. It has the fast pace of life, the hustle and bustle of the season. And if you're fortunate, you may get some time off during this time. And it also comes with some slowing down during this season as well. It's got the full gamut that is there. The interesting thing is, is that it's during seasons like this when we get to experience family, we get to experience friends, we get to experience neighbors that we otherwise may not be able to see because they're constantly working or we're constantly working or whatever the case may be. And isn't it true in those situations we need the peace of the Lord in our lives? I mean, think about it. Your family, if your family is like my family, you need the peace of the Lord in your life. My family, I love my family deeply. 
We still need the peace of the Lord because relationships are relationships. Neighboring, same thing. Love my neighbors, love all. I mean, we still need the peace of the Lord because relationships are relationships. We've got to have those things in the, in the fast-paced life. We've got to have peace in the midst of, and in those moments of quietness, we've got to be careful not to just fill it up with a bunch of other stuff. So we need the peace of the Lord in this. And so here we are, this peace. And so the cool thing is, is that when we experience this peace through Jesus, and we experience and we live out of the peace that surpasses all understanding. Do you know what we have the capability of doing in that very moment? We have the capability of putting God's love on display. Because you know, we've kind of got the corner on the market of when things are chaotic, they can be chaotic and we can have the peace of the Lord at the same time. And it changes life. It changes things to where when some folks see you, they want to know how you are able to experience peace in the circumstances that you find yourself in. How are you so calm? How are you so steady in the middle of this chaos? It's putting God's love on display. It's putting the peace of the Lord because we know that Jesus shines his light in this dark world. And as Jesus shines the light, it cannot be hidden. And therefore, we, as the body of Christ, we get called a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. And then God's story continues to add chapters to the greatest story ever told as we live in the here and now. But we need the peace of the Lord in our lives in order to tell this story and to share God's love in the way that it is meant to be shared. Y'all, the birth of Jesus, it's the birth. It's the birth of all time in the history of salvation. Why? Because the birth of Jesus is the moment when God became a man. And this is an important piece of the puzzle because if Jesus was just another dude walking this planet, we're celebrating for not very much reason at all. But if Jesus is fully human and fully divine, Jesus showing up on this earth was world-changing. The birth of Jesus is that moment when God became a man. John 1.14 says that the Word, which is Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. Now, it takes a lifetime to fully appreciate the magnitude of what is happening here. I mean, this is this, this conception of Jesus it was the mingling of God and humanity. And that had never happened before in the history of the world. And this is one of the most important doctrinal points. This is one of the most important doctrinal aspects within the faith of Christ followers. If you follow Jesus as you're, and you've given your life to him as Savior, this is one of the most important things that you gravitate and grasp and hang on to next to, of course, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus as fully God and fully man is as important as believing the death, burial, and resurrection really happened. Not just believing it, but knowing that you know that you know these things are essential truths in our faith, because without these essential truths, our faith 
is man-made. It can't be man-made. It can't be something we're just trying to make up. It has to be the truth. Now, the reason I say this birth is so huge is because Jesus' death and resurrection could never have happened if Jesus were not embodied as a human being in the first place. And so this is a pretty big week for us as we celebrate this birth. The God-man, the Son of God, His one and only Son that He sent to this earth. See, Luke is only one of the four Gospels that really gives us an explicit account of Jesus' birth. Uh, John and Mark, they don't discuss it. We talked about that in Legacy Group just a while ago. Uh, And Matthew only talks about the events before and after Jesus' event, the birth. But Luke's details, they give us the reality. They give us this surrounding context for us to understand Jesus' birth. And so I thought that what we would do is that we would read the Christ story tonight together. And so... If you'll turn with me, Luke chapter 2, go ahead and get there, whether it's on your your phone, iPad, or um, your physical Bible. We're also going to have it up here on the screen, of course. Uh, But these words are meaningful to us. And so let's let's read this account of when uh, Jesus entered into this world. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was 
conceived. A miraculous story, a miraculous reality, a miraculous truth. I hope that you'll take time this week reading this more than just this evening. Read it with your family. Read it with your extended family. Read this understanding of how the world changed forever and ever. Now, if you will also remember Isaac and Moses that we've talked about uh, over the last little bit, these were real people, real children that grew into men that foreshadowed Jesus. They told the story. They, they cast the vision for Jesus. They pointed to Jesus. And now here we are. Jesus has been born, and thus the fulfillment of all of the Old Testament prophecies become reality. They've been fulfilled. William Beckstein, he writes these words about it. He says, until we grasp that Christ is indeed God in flesh, the Old Testament will remain a collection of stories about how men and women struggled with the call to faith. The incarnation helps us to see that the Old Testament sets the stage for God to once again live with man as he did in Eden. On every Old Testament page, God promises a human deliverer who is also stronger than Satan, both a suffering servant and an anointed king. So do you see, this is far more than a season of gift giving and gift receiving. This is far more than a season of generosity. This is far more than a season of doing good and giving good things to people on this planet. It's far more than a story of this little baby that was born. It's far more than this. This is about the one true God, the only God, true God, entering into his creation. That's mind-blowing to think about. The creator entering into his creation in order to save it. The only God in our world that this is the story. God came to his creation. All other demigods and little g-gods, everyone is expected to go to them. But not our heavenly father, a suffering servant. He sent Jesus to this earth for us. Deeply personal, deeply intimate revelation of who God is. Amazing. John 14, 9 says, whoever has seen me, this is Jesus talking, has seen the Father. And so as we read the stories of Jesus, we're seeing who the Father is, and it tells us who God the Father is. It's not this distant God that we can't access. It's not this punitive God that just longs to discipline people. No, God is one who enters in, walks alongside, gives care, and points to the right direction. That's who God the Father is, helping us. Yeah, in conversation, we may need a, a strong talking to here and there. We understand ourselves. We know that. Thankfully, Jesus can do that in a way in which when we encounter Jesus in that type of an encounter, we love Jesus even more because of the way that he disciplines. This is the only God that does this because it's the true God. It's the one true God, and Jesus is our way. Now, around the fourth century, the Western church codified the doctrines of the Trinity, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit with this creed. It's known as the Athanasian Creed. This is an important creed for us to understand because there's several things that it teaches us 
about this incarnation, about God sending Jesus to this earth and God becoming man here on this earth. And they're important for us to remember as we read the Christmas story, because again, this isn't just a cool story. This is the birth of Jesus. This is the birth of the God-man, the God-son. And so here's a couple of them. What this, what this creed declared was that they declared Jesus to be equal to God, the Father, in deity, and also to have a real body, you ready for it, and soul. You may not have thought about that before. You may have thought about Jesus as kind of stepping outside of humanity. Yeah, we know Jesus walked this earth, but it's important for us to understand that he wasn't like this, he's trying the best he could to be as much human as possible. No, Jesus was fully man, real body and soul. This is where we get the phrase fully God and fully human from. That's where we get this. It's, Jesus isn't almost like us. That's not what we're talking about. Jesus isn't almost like us. Jesus didn't come to experience as close to a human experience as God could without going all the way, right? No. Jesus had a real body, a real soul, because Jesus was really human. This is a foundational doctrine of who we are as Christ followers. The second thing that we, we get from this while Jesus' conception was extraordinary, what's interesting is the rest of his development as a man was pretty mundanely human. I mean, he was a child. He grew up a child. He pooped his pants, right? He needed his diaper changed or his cloth diaper or whatever. He needed, to, he needed that done. You know, I'm sure that they had to put him in a tub and spray him down at times, like we've all done, you parents that are in the room. You know what I mean? That, that, he did these things. Jesus cried like a baby. That whole no crying he made, that's bull. Jesus cried, fully human, right? You got Jesus, he did these things. And then Jesus was an adolescent and he hid from his parents. They had to come back and find him, right? He's an adolescent. They're trying to figure out why in the world he's thinking the way he's thinking. Anybody ever been there before? Why are you thinking this way? And any adolescents looking at your parents thinking, why are you thinking this way? Absolutely, right? Without a doubt, that's Jesus and Mary and Joseph. It's amazing when we see this. And then he went on to, to have to work. He was a carpenter. He learned to trade. He had to make money. He had to eat. He had to do all these things. This was Jesus, subject to pain, pleasure, hunger, thirst, fatigue, disappointment, suffering, and yes, death. Without a doubt, he thought, he reasoned, and he felt as a man. Now, I don't know, have you guys seen the, there's a show, um, I, I've seen it on Netflix, I don't know if it's on other platforms, but it's called The Chosen. If you haven't seen The Chosen, I want to encourage you to take a look at this one. It's worth watching because they do a really fine job of showing Jesus as fully human. They don't put this kind of glossy thing over him and give him this aura and all that kind of thing. No, he's fully human. And so if you haven't seen it, it's a really good depiction of, of this fully human God. You know, another thing that's interesting, our, our forefathers, those that have gone before us, they had another way of showing Jesus' divinity and Jesus' humanity as well. You know, if you, if you go to um, Sinai, Egypt, in St. Catherine's Monastery, you'll see this image here. 
And this is a, a Christian icon. And if you'll notice a nuance, because his face is actually asymmetric, all right? And so you see one half of his face looks one way. The other half of his face looks different. This was the early church trying to show fully God and fully human. So you see on one side a more stoic look. That's supposed to be his fully God side. And you see a much more relational, softer side, which is to be Jesus's more human um, side. And so this is kind of a neat way of just kind of seeing art and how it captures this humanity and divinity of Jesus. Bottom line is, Jesus is here. The birth of Jesus has been foretold. The birth of Jesus has happened. And here we are in this Advent season, and we are celebrating the anticipation of the second coming of Christ at this point now in our lives. The prophets foretold it. Jesus fulfilled all of the prophecies. God has become incarnate. And this week we get ready for the celebration of the year. It's the celebration of the season that we get to enjoy this coming weekend. Here is what Christ entering into the world proves. Christ entering into the world proves that God cares about the material word, world excuse me, that he created. Some people would maybe balk at that. But the truth is God cares deeply about the material world that he created, particularly human beings. The reason we know that he cares particularly about human, human beings, humanity, is because of the way that God chose to save the world. He sent a human. He sent a human to this earth, and that shows that God cares particularly about humanity. God cares about you. God cares about us together. God sent Jesus to this earth for you to be peace on earth, goodwill to all mankind. And as God entered into this world to bring peace, regardless of what's going on on this earth, here's the challenge for you. You are expected to show God's love for people within this world. The question is, Will that love that you show be a man-made love? Will it be something that you have created and manifest, that you're trying to do what you're drawn to, which is goodness? And the reason that you're drawn to that is because God wrote that on your heart when he knit you together in your mother's womb? Or is the reason that you want to do good and you're drawn to good because Christ has infiltrated your life, transformed who you are, and set you in a new direction, and Christ just longs to love people through you? And so what your job is over this next week, two weeks, over this next year, is to simply allow the love of the Lord to continue to transform your mind, to continue to transform your heart. And out of the overflow of the heart and these things working together, all of a sudden things come out of our mouths called words. The way we handle our dollars, the way we handle you know, everything, it's all a part of the heart. It's all a part of transforming our mind and the way that we think. How are we going to show God's love? Do we have to manufacture it because it doesn't really exist within us? Or do we not trust the Lord just yet? God exists within us, he saved us, but we still are trying to kind of do it on our own? 
Or are we going to surrender everything in our lives, in our bodies, everything in our, in, that we are responsible for, and we cast all of those cares on our Lord because he cares for us and cares for the people he longs to care for through us. You're expected to show God's love. That's, that's your role, to show God's love to the people within this world. The greatest way to do this, to be a person of peace. That's it. Be a person of peace. Because that's who Jesus is, the prince of peace. Be a person of peace. The only way you are a person of peace that stands the test of time. Anybody can be peaceful for a week or two or a month or three, whatever. But the only way to be a person of peace that stands the test of time is if you have the Prince of Peace within you. You gotta have Jesus. God's one and only Son, fully human, fully divine. Whoever believes in him gets eternity, a.k.a. happily ever after. That's why Disney paints those pictures because we all want that. We all want that. That's the reason those stories are written that way. And here we are with the promise of heaven. Do you know what can fade? The pressures of this world. They don't have to be quite so big. They don't have to be quite so pressing. They can fade. We can let them fade. We can give those to the Lord because there is the promise of heaven by the power of the Prince of Peace. So how will you put God's love on display this year? How will you do it? You're going to manufacture it, fake it till you make it, or you're going to let God produce God's love in you in order for it to be through you. You know, do you guys remember whenever the uh, Christmas lights, the LED lights first came out? You remember that first year, the LED lights? They were all the craze and everything. This was before LED, you know, uh, got really good. Uh, this was when they first came out. What I remember distinctly is all, all those houses that that first year the LED lights came out, I remember driving by the houses and I remember thinking, man, that white is more of a blue than a white. And then I see like the reds and the greens. And I'm like, man, LED, that's really cool because, man, I can only strand two of my strands together, you know, without blowing a fuse. And then I got to figure out where the fuses are that I didn't keep because I just dumped the box out. You know, C9 lovers, I know. We all have done, anyway, but, 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 but the whites were just not quite right. The reds were just not quite right, and greens were the exact same way. Now, of course, LEDs have come a whole, whole long way since that first time. But, you know, it's kind of like what it's like when we try, when we try to manufacture God's love and put it on display. People look at it, and they go, it's just not quite right. It's just not quite there. It looks, it's shining, it looks good, but something's off. Something is just not quite right. But when we allow God's love to supernaturally flow through us, it's undeniable. You know it a mile away when you see it. It's undeniable because why? Because it's softer. It's purer, and it's full of a whole lot more warmth. See, that's who we want to be. That's who we want to be this season. As we turn our cares over to the Lord, may we experience peace on earth. 
May we give good will, not just any will, but God's good will and God's love to all people. Because when we experience the peace that surpasses all understanding, we're able to put God's love on display. See, Christ's birth, it's the most profound birth of all time. And so this season, this, this week, this night, as you're driving home and every day as you're driving in the darkness and you see Christmas lights, remember the one that shines brightest. The light that shines brightest that they, these are all symbolic of. And then let Jesus shine through you. Because you gotta remember, you're a part of something that is so much bigger than you. This story that God is writing, so much bigger. Let Christ shine through you as we become this city on a hill that can't be hidden. You know, I remember so much as a child, we would, we would drive home and it would be late at night. Maybe you remember doing something like this. Drive home late at night and we, we kind of go over the, we go over the hill and we're able to look or, or we're, we're coming up on our home at night and all of a sudden you see the lights of the city. It's dark, but you see the lights of the city. I always remember just the feeling, you know, we're coming out of Sherman, Texas, and we're on our way to, to Gainesville, Texas. Go Leopards. Uh, on our way to Gainesville, Texas. And I remember whenever, you would, whenever you'd be just outside of town, I'd see the lights. And my dad would go, there's, there's home. There's Gainesville. There it is. Or I'd, I'd ask in Denton. He'd go, no, not yet. Not yet. Ask in Sherman. No, not yet. Not yet. There it is. May we be that city. When people look and they see legacy, they go, there it is. There's Jesus. There's Jesus. Is it the presence? No, 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 not yet. Is it the this? No, 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 not yet. There it is. There it is. And as God's story continues to add chapters to the story, the greatest story ever told, may we be on the lookout for where God's at work. And when we see where God's at work, let's go meet him there and be people of peace. Father, we are so grateful for tonight. What a wonderful night it is to, to, to celebrate and to honor the Prince of Peace. Lord, that you sent Jesus to this earth, fully God, fully man, and Lord, it forever and ever changed the world. Father, I pray that you help us to resolve to allow Jesus to flow in us and through us so that all of the world will be able to see who you really are. Now, Lord, we're not trying to put things on and trying to represent you well. We're not, we don't, we're not doing those kinds of things, Lord. We're not manufacturing your love, but Lord, we're genuinely allowing you to transform the way we think and the way we feel, the way we act, the way we operate so that people get the real deal. People get the, the, the caring, entering into creation love that you gave when you sent Jesus to this earth. Father, transform us continually. And Lord, may you transform others through us. We pray this through the name of Jesus. Amen.